It's the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. Tonight is Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. It's week six, and we are going to do a drinking game of Ice and Fire. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to you. sure i don't have the fire over here it is an awfully red looking uh, beverage oh trust me the fire is right here <laughs> yep 99 proof all right hello everyone thank you for joining us this is the fantasy finish line podcast uh we are dave and jason of drink5.com and um well you know we're here again every week as we are to talk about fantasy football Tonight, we're going to be covering, um, well, you know, we've been trying to do themes this year just to entertain ourselves, I think. Hopefully, we entertain you as a side effect. We're going to do a little fire, a little ice to call back to Game of Thrones, and then a little green, a little black to pay homage to the current show, The Hot D, as the creator likes to call it, House of the Dragon. And uh, first, we always must uh, talk about what we're drinking. Okay. Um, you have a beer that is unrepresented by a can on the table. So, um, Pop Quiz Hot Shot, what are you drinking? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't actually remember the title of this beer. I think it is uh, a Wild Little Thing, which is a Sour Sierra Nevada. Okay. And that I've, fits their naming scheme. I've often uh, purchased the giant variety packs from Costco because I think they're a good deal and they're decent beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, these, these sours uh, find their way into my mini fridge. Uh, and then from there uh, into me, and that's the the path that I like things to go. You're merely a conduit for the beer to find its way to your stomach. The mini fridge is a conduit. The mini fridge is a conduit. Okay, fine. All the things are conduits. Yeah. Sure. But I, I like the sour beer, uh, and I know we have a whiskey here as well. And and the whiskey uh, was uh, was brought um, to fruit by your recent birthday, and this is true. This particular whiskey is called Old Scout, a straight bourbon whiskey. Oh, uh, yes, 99 proof. It's really good, though. It's very smooth for 99 proof. It says it's non-chill filtered, so that means they, they removed all the chill before manufacturing this Or bourbon. they used no chill at all in making it. Yeah. Mm. A little vague. Either way. A little vague. So, yeah, we are here live on YouTube on Wednesday evening. If you are listening to us now, please... Join us in the chat room. Ask us questions if you have them. Make sure that you like and subscribe to us. And uh, you can always check us out on Twitter. Go to our website where you can see Dave's rankings. It will be probably the best singular rankings you're going to find that you don't have to pay for because a lot of those guys who are very high start charging for their rankings. Um, But Dave is a kind and sober man, and he doesn't charge for his rankings. (laughs) Well, I don't know if that's true. I mean, there there are some some other folks that are also doing pretty well this year and in previous years, where they have websites that are not supported only by uh, subscribers. But for the most part, you're right. Um, around where we are in the rankings, for example, this week I was number 18 overall, and I think Damn, I'm you're keeping it up this year. That's fantastic. Uh, probably top 15 still on the season. Uh, but if I look at the the kinds of websites that are around us, and you've got you know Sports Illustrated and Fantasy Pros and CBS Sports and um, uh, the Action Network and Yahoo, and a lot of those do require some sort of subscription to get all of the information. So what is good about Drink5 uh, is that all of our stuff is freely available. 
from the website. Um, we distribute it on Reddit and, of course, also participate in a lot of Fantasy Pros um, Ask the Expert kind of material throughout the year. So check out those rankings. And I would never say that you should follow anything blindly, right? The only real use for for a good, solid ranking system uh, is for you to have a guideline uh, to throw your ideas off of. So you got a wild idea about starting this guy over this one. <laughs> well, maybe you shouldn't if there's you know 40 difference uh, in, in the rankings that I have and wide receivers between your pick and mine. But uh, if those guys are um, a, little, a little closer together, I would always say go with your gut because if you end up not getting the result that you were looking for and you win against your gut to go with you know Sports Illustrated or Yahoo or even my uh, rankings philosophy for that particular week, then you're going to have a hard time uh, forgiving yourself later for that. I agree. So you were, as you said, number 18 for week five. And on the season as a whole, you are number 17 overall out of 200. So that is better than top 10%. Well, it's uh, still more That's work to be a done. More work in to, anyone's book, Dave. More work to be done. Well done. Yeah. You got some room for improvement, sure. But doing as good as I have uh, as I've ever done. Do they rank uh, just by position? Yeah, you can you can sort by position. Oh, I see. Yeah. You're number 6 at wide receiver. I'm doing well with wide so receiver. So definitely yeah. listen to Dave's wide receiver picks, <laughs> uh, his kicker picks, his running back picks. His DST picks. He's like, but not the tight ends. Not the quarterback the and tight ends are 87 and 86. Not bad. Not bad. Still top half. You know, not quite passing. <laughs> I don't mean to give you shit. You're doing very good this uh, year on rankings. Well, you know, nobody nobody can be tops on everything. Uh, even in years past when guys like John Paulson or Sean Corner have been the top rankers for Fantasy Pros. And, and check out their websites and their stuff. They're very good. Uh, those, those gentlemen have... Uh, have also had some weak points, right? If you're ranking everything, uh, you know, top five, then then you start to think, you know, maybe this guy uh, isn't on the up and up a little bit. You so know, perhaps something's, something's perhaps the guy on. who's number one is uh, cheating a bit because he doesn't rank kickers in defense, <laughs> so he can't get dragged down by those. You're assuming that's a, something that brings you down. Uh, they do discuss the methodology. If anyone is confused as to what the hell we're talking about, Fantasy Pros is a website that aggregates. Uh, fantasy expert rankings um, as long as they are submitted to the site they don't just pull them off of the internet they kind of vet them a little bit so that they know that you're actually someone who puts some time and thought into this and um, Dave is you know they can give you expert consensus rankings Dave is one of those experts and among them he is um, better than 92% of them all well, that's great, and I appreciate that, uh, that you find that to be a positive as well. I'm, I'm enjoying it this year, but let's move on from that. Yes. Um, check, out, check out the rankings in general. The, the expert consensus ranking, which is a grouping of all of those things, uh, is a very helpful tool as well. If you don't want to uh, you know, subscribe to just one particular expert's opinion. You shouldn't subscribe to one, as you said. You should you know, check them all out. And I need one more little break and a sip before we dive into the whiskey segment. Jeez. We're just going to do five-minute segments. It smells so good. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. So, my thought for this week, you know, you've come up with all these great themes, and I can't help but, you know, consume all things Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. So we're going to do a little fire, and for every Game of Thrones reference we can drop in the next two players who we are going to talk about who are on fire... Uh, you got to drink a little whiskey because it burns. It's got a little fire in it. <laughs> After that, um, we're going to talk about 
players that are ice cold and drink step into the freezer cold india pale ale from microphone we did have this a few weeks ago on the podcast um that's the last of the four pack and we will enjoy that and then we'll have a few other things to drink later yeah what's what's cooler than being cool ice cold i should have let should have let it come from the peanut gallery (laughs) (laughs) so starting out josh jacobs is on fire he has 368 yards from scrimmage um, over the last two weeks, and that gives him 619 yards on the season, and that's good for third in the league of like overall yards from scrimmage. And he's ahead of all wide receivers uh, in their yardage totals. So I thought that was a fun little look. You know, for some reason, running backs are dominating right now. One of the things that we've looked at in the past is um, wide receivers playing well early and running backs playing well late. And the opposite seems to be true this year. Um, so maybe that's a deeper dive for another week. Um, I just thought of that. Anyways, uh, so it took Jacobs until week 13 last year to reach 619 yards. Mm-hmm. He actually had 618 yards through week 12. Very close. So I was able to throw one more week in there. I love that. Uh, so this season, the Raiders are not particularly dominant on offense. They're eighth overall in points and 10th um, or worse than that in most of the offensive categories. So it's not as if they have some overall dominant offense and Josh Jacobs has just benefited from this. Uh, what's happening right now, I think, is that Josh Jacobs, who is actually a good running back, is playing out of his mind because he's got a contract coming up and he's being given the ball a lot and he's going to, you know, he, he's performed really, really well, better than he probably has in any two-game stretch. I didn't look that up uh, of his career. Mm-hmm. So, I think we credit these performances directly to Jacobs, not necessarily uh, as something that his team is doing. Um, So he's averaging a career high, 5.4 yards per attempt. He's got 17 of his 18 targets. He's playing really well. This man is on fire. Um, I will drink to him, uh, even though I I just couldn't work – I couldn't, I couldn't get a Game of Thrones reference in there just quite yet. Well, you know, they can be as subtle as you want. I'm sure someone somewhere in Game of Thrones is saying huzzah. So, uh, to, to GOT and, uh, and, and Josh Jacobs. That is a different show that I watch, but I'll, I'll go with the huzzah. <laughs> it's a fantasy world, man. Someone says huzzah somewhere in it. doesn't matter. I was thinking of the great. <laughs> they say it an awful lot. Uh, okay, another guy who is also on fire, uh, Mike Williams, who is officially trending up after a down game in week three. Against the Jaguars. Now, before that, he had also had another good performance. But if we look at trends, it has to be over a three-week period or more. And that is just what I maintain as absolute fact. <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of absolute facts that are required, uh, but, I, but that is one of them. So keep in mind, that was the week, the down week, that started this upward trend over weeks three, four, and five, where the Jags just beat up on the Chargers 38 to 10. Yeah. And Williams in that game had only one grab for 15 yards, but it was like a back of the end zone, over the shoulder, a beautiful catch. It's one of those catches that should count for like three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how style points should be worked into the NFL, but I think they should be worked into the NFL. Okay. Uh, at least it's some least kind fantasy of football. arcade version or a fantasy football. Yeah. Like everyone has to vote on like the best plays of the week and those plays get extra points. Well, you and I know that would never happen. Like if you're the commissioner of a league and now you have to have someone vote on things every week, like that's just going to be, <laughs> that's going to be rough. It's hard enough getting 10 guys or 12 guys together at one time in a room to draft. And that's ex- exciting part about it. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. Possibly. I, I like those arcadey versions of things. In the past two games, 
Keenan Allen has been sidelined with hamstring issues, and Williams has racked up 17 catches on 24 targets for 254 yards. He's on pace then for 150-plus targets this season. And I'm not saying that he's going to reach that number, and certainly I do expect Keenan Allen to be back at some point, whether it's uh, this week or the following week. He is doing some limited side work at the Chargers practice today. That's the first time in a couple of weeks that he's been back to do a little bit of practice, but it's not the the regular main drills with the team. So he's clearly just um, you know walking his hamstring back into uh, into good health. So probably at least another week or two for him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so if we're seeing him practice, I'm sure they'd like to get him back soon. But uh, I think it would be pretty likely that he still doesn't play for one more week. Yeah. Um, and I think that we have to realize that, that Williams has done a lot to solidify his presence on the team. Over the past couple of years, people were always like, well, they have Mike Williams, but how long will they have them? Well, they have Mike Williams, but he's not really consistent. You know? And then the Chargers went and gave him a three-year, $60 million contract. When uh, During the offseason, most people thought they were going to have Allen and Palmer and let Williams go yeah. uh, because he would have been a, a free agent. Well, they signed Williams because the Chargers pay their debts. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, cheers cheers to that. Um, but it's a, it says a lot about his future in LA. And 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 to to add another reference, I think starting William should be paying off dividends uh as if you were a key holder at the Iron Bank of Bravos. Oh, very good. Very good. Drink up. Cheers. I'll drink to that one. To the fire. It was lovely. We'd have like Game of Thrones music playing, except that it's completely uh, a copyright infringement. Except that we want to stay on YouTube and not be taken down. That's right. Whew. Okay, that fire part certainly uh, worked. I mean, not quite as fire as the uh, six hundred sixty-seven thousand Scoville uh, hot sauce that I had. That we had. What hot sauce was that, Dave? Eye of the Scorpion uh, is a sauce that is mostly scorpion pepper, and then after that, they put a little scorpion powder in it just to make sure that you really got scorpion. So it's the you know the eyes of the scorpion almost. You know, I think we'll probably do something like that again, maybe this season with some other sauces. But if oh, you, I would totally do it twice in a year. If you haven't seen it, it would be fun to uh, to go back to. I think is probably week three uh, or four and watch the hot sauce challenge that we did. Very entertaining. Yes. Although maybe more Might for me, too. maybe more me, me than Jason, since he was like, why aren't you sweating? I don't understand. It. How come you can still talk? <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe the next time we do it, I'll give myself a, an upgraded difficulty level. I don't know. I don't want to, like, <laughs> be the one who doesn't have to have as much spice. Then I'll give us both an upgraded difficulty level. I, I'm fine with the difficulty level we had. <laughs> we have to go from hard to expert. Oh. Uh but Sometimes yeah, you got to beat the game on hard a few times before you can move to expert. That's true. And uh, if anyone's ever played Halo, then you certainly don't want to play the Hot Sauce Challenge on Legendary difficulty. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, we're going to switch to icy cold players right now. The ice. So, we'll take a drink of nice cold beer for every Game of Thrones reference, and double if it's about the North. So, after winning the Super Bowl last year, former NFC North player, and this one doesn't really count, Matthew Stafford. Uh, can't find any fantasy success this season. Stafford's touchdown to interception ratio is an abysmal five touchdowns to seven picks. He's throwing interceptions at a rate he hasn't seen since his rookie year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like 7% of his passes are interceptions now, I believe. Um, I'm trying to frantically look up that. But what I can say, um, he did lead about right. <laughs> the league in interceptions last year. 
Okay. So it wasn't as high of a rate, but he led the league in interceptions last year. This year he is throwing an interception um, 3.6% of the time. Okay, so only half of what you were accusing him of, but still a pretty horrible percentage of, uh, yes, of yes. passes or interceptions. But, I mean, he's been lower than that. He's been His worst season was 2.8, which was last year, mm-hmm. uh, other than his rookie year when he was at 5.3, which, I mean, a lot of players' rookie years are going to be that high. Um, so, like, he's, you know, as bad as he was as when, when he was a rookie is so, really not. So what's the difference between last year and this year? What, who, what is Stafford uh, missing that he had last year that, that made him a better quarterback? So this year he's getting sacked a lot. I think that has to do with his offensive line. Perhaps the fact that his offensive line had to play so many games uh, last year and uh, the last few years, honestly, because they've been in the playoffs and deep in the playoffs uh, lately. He has his worst quarterback rating since 2012. Um, the Rams, though, are the most imbalanced offense in the league. Last week's episode was about the um, run-pass offense uh, balance, and honestly, like that isn't a that, that's like five percent more evergreen than most podcasts we do on a weekly basis because we were talking about how certain teams break down um, when you look at their run-pass ratio. And honestly, like the facts of the case are accurate, even if the statistics are no longer, they, they've changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the Rams are the most imbalanced offense on the, in the league. They're passing on 66.7% of their plays. So two thirds of the time they're throwing a pass. It is way too predictable. That's got to be one of the reasons why he's getting sacked the most in the league. So this is not a recipe for success. Stafford is just the QB 23 this season. He was drafted as the QB 12 coming off of a season where he averaged 20.4 points a game. So he was already like taking a bit of a hit from what he had performed at last year uh, when it came to draft stock. And he's way underperformed that he only has one game over 12 points this season. Uh, He's coming in behind game players like Jacoby Brissett, Marcus Mariota. um, And those guys aren't even sniffing the chance of being rostered in a single quarterback league. So Stafford and the Rams are as cold as ice. And as long as they keep putting up the 29th ranked offense, uh, you can go ahead and just send Matt Stafford to the wall. Oh, there's a good reference. Cheers to that. And uh, I have Stafford in two leagues, so I, I completely... Uh, Is it uh, at least one of your like, super flex leagues? Completely understand. Yeah. Um, no. Oh, <laughs> send him to the wall. Um, but a dynasty league where I think he could improve, and I'm just not going to play him until he does. Um, the the other league, I've I've uh, officially gotten rid of him and replaced him uh, with with someone else because at this point, um, you can just send him off to fight in the stepstones then. Any, anybody, <laughs> well, cheers to that as well. <laughs> and anybody uh, else who's in the top twenty quarterbacks on a weekly basis has like a uh, probably fifty sixty percent chance of doing better than Stafford. So. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, pretty pretty one game forward. over twelve points is just. Ugh. I was looking at Lamar Jackson. He has two games with 15 points this year, and it feels like uh, terrible games for him. When yeah. really, like a 15 point floor is awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, you're always going to have games, especially when you're a quarterback, where you're simply not throwing the ball for too many touchdowns because of, of stuff that's happening otherwise, whether defensive or, or rushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all the players we're going to talk about here, under the ice, of course. Uh, are those players that are not scoring a lot of points on a weekly basis. And the guy that I wanted to touch on is Juju Smith-Schuster. He's having a rough go of it in Kansas City. Has yet to score a touchdown, uh, despite being hyped up as a centerpiece of the Chiefs' offense this season. And he may have been the prince who was promised uh, for for many fantasy teams this year, and I'll 
we'll drink to that. Uh, it was strained, but I'll allow it. It's not that strained. You're right, because <laughs> I definitely drafted him in at least two leagues. I think most people were like, it's not Mikul Hardman. Sky Moore's not going to come out of it like that. Marcus Valdez Scandling. league, and I'm like, yes, Tyreek Hill this. or uh, 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 Travis Kelsey's getting older. Tyreek Hill is gone. And and everyone thought, it was certainly among the fantasy football pundits, that Juju would definitely uh, be taking that, that crown. If yeah. not as king, at least as prince, right? Because we know the king there is, is either Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes. Um, or sure. or whatever um, rat king they become later at night after the game. Cheeseburger <laughs> uh, king. But regardless, uh, we talk about Juju. Uh, he was someone who was very hyped up, and he's been targeted a lot over the past three games, eight in each matchup, eight each time. It's like Patrick Mahomes has a little checklist. He just marks it off. He says, all right, seven, all right, eight, that's enough. Now we pass to people that are doing well. Uh, <laughs> but, but he's averaging just above uh, seven points per game in that stretch, so eight targets in each matchup over the last three averaging only just above seven points in that stretch now he's also averaging under seven points per game over the season so far so over five weeks uh with that stretch of points giving him all five weeks to uh to gain more chemistry to to break out a little bit from all the other receivers on that team and and granted when you watch a chiefs game you really see that mahomes will spread it out to eight nine ten guys he Mm -hmm. does Mm-hmm. But that's not going to be helpful for any wide receivers at all in this current lineup. He's not a starter then in 10 or 12 team leagues. And in fact, uh, I, I don't do the cut list every single week. I did one last week. Check it out on the website. Uh, but I would put Juju on a 10 team cut list. I think this, this week, week it would be the send him to the wall list. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there you go. So I, I am suggesting a cut in a, in a small league with not a whole lot of depth. Uh, in other leagues, you can hold on to him because with his target share, there's certainly a possibility that he could come up out of that uh, and, and start performing in a, in a more consistent basis. Remember, in week six, he's facing a Bills team that could end up a shootout, but more than likely, uh, the opposite will happen, at least for Juju. And, and a Bills team that has allowed the sixth fewest fantasy points per game to opposing receivers is not going to give a whole lot of points to a receiver who's been underperforming all year. Winter isn't just coming for Juju. It's already here. Oh, all right. Cheers, buddy. Poor Juju. I do like the guy. Former Steeler. Did really well with Ben. Uh, but, you know, cast him off into a, into a foreign land and let him get eaten by the dragons. Yeah. One of the things that we talked about last week when we went over the Jets being a very pass-heavy team uh, is that they spread the ball around a lot. The Chiefs were actually one of the examples of one of the most well-balanced team, but they still spread the ball around a lot, and as a result, both teams don't have great, viable um, pass catchers. The Chiefs only have Travis Kelsey, who has 33 catches, with Juju at 22, on, second on the team. Yeah, we can't we can't necessarily fault the team for for passing the ball around. I mean, the Chiefs are doing well as an organization this it, year. It's usually a recipe for success. Like, you know, what... What is good in football is not always good in fantasy football. Um, it's hard to translate um, things that don't show up as easily on the scoreboard to fantasy football. Okay. Um, but, yeah, like Travis Kelsey had one of the weirdest weeks this week. He had um, eight catches for 25 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, very, very impressive. He's actually um, – uh, he had his – fewest yards per catch in any game in his career and the most touchdowns of any game in his career by two 
He had only ever scored two touchdowns in any game, and he scored four this week. You know, I I, I like stats. I'm not I'm not one of those people that gets a little all crazy about like on on cloudy days before 3 p.m. Uh, Travis yeah. Kelsey does uh, does his best. Well, those two things don't really mean anything in the long run. I'm just saying people people love stats, and and if you do, you should pay attention to Jason's column that he puts out on Mondays. Uh, that is fantastic. So pay attention for oh, it you, uh, this coming week. But what what I was going to mention, I just, aim for Mondays anyways. <laughs> My aim's not always great. Just as an aside, uh, I was just going to mention the fact that um, um, uh, well, you know what? Well, one of the things I was going to mention it, about it escapes me. Kelsey before we move on is that um, I'll think of it. He's playing very well this year. He has the highest catch rate of his career. He's catching seventy eight point six percent of his passes thrown to him and he is being targeted the most on his team so like both of those things are combining to lead to the fact that even though mark andrews is having a great year travis kelsey is 20 points ahead of him. that's mandrews though i mean mandrews it's a great nickname i did remember what i was going to talk about which is just that uh, if you are active on twitter or uh or sports websites at all or even sports television you've already heard this but the other stat that's very interesting that surrounds travis kelsey's great performance four touchdowns on uh, Monday Night Football, ruining lots of people's chances uh, in a lot of fantasy leagues, was that there is another tight end that week that outperformed him (laughs) without catching it at all. Yes, that's true. Zero catches, Yes, more points. Nine nine carries (laughs) for over 100 yards and three touchdowns, uh, and I believe a passing touchdown for one Taysom Hill. Yeah, and one that when Jason, as as commissioner, uh, has has probably just given up on, uh, like, any any kind of reasonable uh, or logical? They're gonna keep saying that he's a tight end, even though he never plays tight end. <laughs> I don't understand. He should be a running back, I think, <laughs> or a quarterback. Well, the thing about we're talking about Taysom Hill, of course, yeah. and uh, sure he scored a ton of points uh, and didn't even catch a pass. But um, he is also one of those characters that sure he did well this week. Next week he might catch one pass for 15, 15 yards. Yeah, Taysom Hill is like so. Um, <laughs> That's gambling, right? We, there. we would have called him Fantasy Fool's Gold at many times. <laughs> we would have called him, uh, well, we'd give him all kinds of names. Let's be honest. Well, I had I had him in Dynasty. I dropped him uh, preseason, and it's like, you know, whatever. Even if I would have played him, there's no way to know if he's going to score 35 points or two. So, who knows? A fun bet each week is to like play him to score a touchdown, um, because it's usually you're getting good odds and stuff. But yeah, um, or maybe like the first touchdown. But yeah, like starting him in fantasy is just such a crapshoot that I don't know what to do. Okay, I so like now crabs. we're going to uh, modernize uh, this drinking game a little bit, move up to the new show, House of the Dragon. It's still drinking. Where we have right? the greens and the blacks. It's still drinking. Okay. Drinking is drinking no matter what time era you're in, no matter how many uh, time jumps you have. There's too many time drinking jumps. Drinking is drinking. So <laughs> that's a discussion for another show as well. Those are also references. They must be, right? It. It counts. Let's drink. So, anyways, with I wish this we could one, have a time jump for when Juju was bad to when Juju was good. <laughs> Just have that occur on my fantasy team. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead. So, so green means uh, rookie players. Yeah, um, we're gonna go with rookie players. The, the, the new show is the greens versus the blacks. They haven't done the greatest job explaining that. They've shown it in the wardrobe, but yes, there's one side they call themselves the green, the greens traditionally, and the other side they call themselves the blacks. Right. Anyways. Uh, my green player, our rookies are green. Uh, double green bonus for me because Brees Hall is green. He's a rookie, and he plays for Gang Green. What do you get for double green bonus points, Jay? I don't know. Take a drink. 
All right. <laughs> so, Brees Hall had his breakout game this week. Uh, he made his dramatic entrance in green, if you will. So I'll take that as a reference. And we're going to drink any beer we like for this la- for this third category. Wonderful. Um, while I frantically, not frantically, but like wonder if the internet will ever return to my computer. Probably not. Oh, um, your, your Wi-Fi's not working? No. Oh. Well, we're, we're all connected here, so... Uh, I know. The, the stream is fine, I'm just, sure. Just hit your computer like uh, a little... It's rare that I'm on the internet, but not on the internet. <laughs> it's just a weird thing going on right now with just me... I just wanted to share that with everyone who was paying attention. I think I, I think, have the notes. I'm fine. I think I can't look up stats at the moment. I think Jason's trying to see how long a laptop can last. I should just go ahead and pour some more <laughs> liquid on, like liquor, on this during a podcast, and just get a new one. Ah, yeah. Maybe it'll work better. It depends on the liquor. It probably won't make it faster. <laughs> it don't, probably won't make. Don't pour it any sambuca better. on your laptop because that that cannot possibly. I'm gonna miss work. the. Uh, I won't miss any of these. He's stickers. looking at the stickers They're on fun. the back of his laptop. The Umbol sticker is probably the one I'm most fond of. That's from 2013. Uh, that's Humphreys that, McGee. I got that sticker, yeah, after I got this laptop. So that's an old fucking laptop. Yeah. Well, you said it was almost 10 years old, right? Yeah, it is about 10 years old. So imagine uh, the the kind of phones that existed 10 years ago. That's when that laptop came out. <laughs> that's when they had the iPhone uh, three. The iPhone three. Yeah. I didn't have the iPhone 3. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so Brees Hall. Uh, yes, Brees Hall had his breakout game. Uh, he scored 26.7 fantasy points, and the Jets demolished the Dolphins 40-17. to So he had 197 yards from scrimmage. He had two catches for 100 yards. That's a wonderful average, 50 yards per catch. Mm-hmm. Can't beat that. What if he does that all season long? Yeah. He won't. He had a 79-yard reception, which is an early leader for the longest non-scoring play of the season. Uh, they were on the 80-yard line, and he caught a pass for 79 yards and was tackled at the 1. Although, to be honest, he was tackled at, like, the 12 and just dragged the guy for 11 yards. Yeah, the problem is Agent Carter. Yes. Um, it closed out the first quarter. They swapped the side of the field. He got a break. And he uh, was vultured by Michael Carter. Is it, is it Agent Carter, or did you just come up with that? No, that's 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 the thing. I thought we were drinking for Marvel references as well. Um, that's next week. <laughs> no, no, it's not next week. We're Maybe not doing Marvel. I don't know. It's possible. Just not DC. Anyway, putting my personal prejudices aside. Uh, prejudices. Prejudices. I've had some whiskey. Uh, that's a difficult word but uh michael carter had two touchdowns in that game oh that's great so uh, what i'm saying is well Brees hall had a touchdown too you gotta love Brees hall he clearly has the job oh clearly so he's the rb10 on the season he's trending up over the last three games we love to see that three games in a row that's a trend dave says so Mm. so another player on gangrene another rookie even tyler conklin came up totally empty uh we're not talking about bad performance but he's really tall though i think that that's a bump in the road and not something that is going to be what's to come for him. So I'm not too worried about that performance. Um, that guy is fucking enormous, and he's going to be good. The so, three-eyed Raven, Raven uh, tells us that he'll surely do well uh, mm-hmm. in games moving forward. Yeah, We're good. So um, who you got, Dave? You have to drink. Isn't that a reference? The three-eyed Raven. I'm just so used to them appearing in life that like I don't clock them all the time. Where do you live that there's a bunch of three-eyed Ravens over by you? I live in... Uh, Winterfell. Oh, uh, no. No, we're, we're jumping the shark here. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, all right. 
So rostered by a nice sixty nine percent of flea flicker leagues, wide nice. receiver George Rob Pickens. Rob Gronkowski agrees. That's nice. Wide receiver George Pickens was selected in the second round of this year's rookie draft, number fifty two overall by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Although he did showcase a bunch of really cool plays, very talented guy. Obviously, over the first couple of years of his college career as a Georgia Bulldog, he tore his ACL in spring practice in two thousand twenty one before the season actually began. So that limited his visibility uh, to prospective teams, and it pushed his value down from the first round into the second. So uh, previous to that, when people were saying, what if Pickens comes out this year, uh, he was always in the first round uh, of, uh, of mock drafts, etc. Sure. So it was kind of fun. Of course, uh, as, as people know that have been following the NFL for a while, the Steelers, and I'm a fan, but uh, is being a, a biased fan, I'm, I'm really unbiased, uh, at least I would consider myself unbiased as, as it comes to fantasy football. I think I most think, people consider themselves unbiased. No, but I think you would agree with me. I, I'm not like trying. No, you're, you're good about that. I'm not trying to like. You're good about that. You, you don't do homer picks in fantasy. No, no, no. No, you're fine. Uh, well, thank you for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm if you were like a Pittsburgh Steelers homer, <laughs> I would have to like mention it at the beginning of every show because there's shit on the wall. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> the the reason why the reason why I'm bringing that up is because uh, Pittsburgh is known to uh, draft wide receivers really well, train wide receivers really well. Of course, they have guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown mm -hmm. uh, and Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, the guys they have now, Deontay Hines Johnson. Ward. Hines Ward was great. So they've been really good Antoine at, Randall -L. at uh, recognizing talent from the draft and then training that talent up. So when I saw that there was a first-round draft pick that dropped to the second and the Steelers picked him up and were excited about him, man, well, I knew that that guy had something in him already, right? Yeah. Um, and so Pickens found some some pretty good early success and good chemistry with his fellow rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett. So I've got a double here, too. Not a, not a double green bonus, but uh, two rookies for one. Fantastic. Now Pickett I can drink for that. <laughs> uh, Pickens seeing his usage grow as soon as Trubisky, or sorry, Pickett seeing his usage grow as soon as Trubisky was benched. I, I confused them earlier today when I was talking about them. Well, Pickett and Pickens for Pittsburgh. I mean, it's ridiculous. <sighs> And people are calling Kenny Pickett Pittsburgh, which I think is funny, but please don't do that because... You even wrote Turbisky in that, the notes. Then they're just going to be doing pick sixes all day. I'm like, we don't need picket sixes and stuff. Like, stop that. No. Just stop it. Anyway, the the point is, Kenny Pickett, when he came in uh, during the Jets game in, in uh, replacement for Mitch Trubisky... Yes. I wrote this or, fast. Or if you're in Chicago, it's Trubinsky. I wrote still. my notes fast. I heard a Trubinsky dropped at work today. The Trub tube. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I think Trubisky is a great backup that, that is never going to be a starting caliber quarterback. That's just, that's, I think that's what it is. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so when, although, Pick you know, we probably said that about Geno Smith and look at him now. Yeah. Well, the season hasn't run its course yet. Well, spoilers as well. <laughs> <laughs> and so when we get Pickett in there, uh, it changes, uh, the, the demographics, the, uh, the, 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 the what graphics. The analytics of uh, of like who who's getting what and what the passes look like and how deep they are it all changes yeah, because the quarterback is fundamentally different. The demographics are probably about the same. The, yeah, they haven't changed. <laughs> um, there's no Cole Beasley suddenly uh, being hired to. The <laughs> <laughs> That's Tampa Bay. That's Tampa Bay. So he's uh, retired now, sir. So averaging just four targets and three points per game in weeks one through three. George Pickens, now with Kenny Pickett as opposed to Mitch Trubisky, is now looking at eight targets 
and over 12 points per game in the last two. So that's a big change. Yeah. Uh, and the Steelers' struggling offense and rookie quarterback can't support the fantasy value of three wide receivers currently. Of course they can't. Now that just makes sense. But it looks like George, and this is a reference for you if you didn't catch it, is writing his own chapter in Steelers' oh. history. Oh. Uh, unconcerned with conventional logic and filled with enough ambition to overtake Chase Claypool entirely in the offense. Does this mean that his story is never going to be ended? And cement himself <laughs> as the number two wide receiver. <laughs> but if he writes, uh, if he writes more than three books, it'll never, we'll never see it. We'll okay. never see the fourth. Gotcha. Uh, so he better write his story uh, with an ending in sight. Yes. Uh, so I think uh, he'll be the number two wide receiver on the team over this uh, middle to second half of the season. And Claypool is a great jump ball guy, super athlete, Mapletron I love, but he's certainly not uh, uh, demonstrating and really fighting for that position on the team right now. It looks like Kenny Pickett loves George Pickens. Oh, God, I hate that so much. And, uh, and, and Kenny and George. And we thought that there would might be an issue with Deontay Johnson. 1972 in Pittsburgh? No. It maybe, I mean Kenny's from Pittsburgh. Is he? Yeah. Oh, so good like man. they they love him there especially, you know. And he was he was. Did he go to college around there too? Yeah, uh, he was he went to college for Pittsburgh. So he literally practiced in Heinz Field, now Acrisure Stadium. Okay. So like when he went to his new locker, it was just a different room. It was just a different room. Yeah, like he was he already went there every day. He's either. like, I got a new job, but I'm in the same damn building. Good and bad, right? Sure. Like, I wonder what it would be like on the other side of the hill, but I must stay on this side of the three rivers. Well, it's like getting a corner office, I suppose. You know, you went from, like, having a cubicle as a college player to getting your own office as a pro. Yeah, yeah, yep. You're just upgrading. You're in the same office building. Um, But so over the last two weeks, George Pickens, wide receiver 18 overall in fantasy. We were talking about um, earlier uh, Brees Hall, right? And Brees Hall is the RB10 on the season. But Brees Hall got those opportunities uh, starting a little earlier than than Pickens. I still think there's a lot of well-performing rookies this year, Chris Olave uh, uh, and, and numerous other wide receivers. But I think that this wide receiver class is another one that might go down as a, as a really big um, legacy class uh, when we look back on it a couple years from now. In fact, yeah, Traylon Burks has had good games. Drake London has had good games. Unfortunately, Burks got injured. Burks, yeah, London looks good. Olave looks good. Burks if looks London good. If London didn't have Mariota as his quarterback, he would be even better. Yeah, so we've got a lot of wide receivers that I think are going to be very talented and, and, and show themselves, uh, uh, you know, write their names in the cement. And we're uh, still waiting for, for a like, a Jameson Wits, uh, Williams breakout. And, On Detroit, uh, yeah. Jahan Dotson. Yep. And um, who's the guy who started the season really hot in Washington? can't think of his name um i i don't recall okay the commanders <laughs> oh that's uh, you know it, what's funny is as these teams have been moving cities and stuff like that um we you got your internet go for back? like a year yeah i did i had to like <laughs> disable and re-enable uh the thing uh it's it's Jahan dotson who's uh oh i mentioned him already on yeah who's the guy in uh green bay then Oh yeah, so so there's there's two rookie receivers, and actually one, the one that's doing better was drafted with a lower pedigree, but one is Christian Watson, and the other guy's Romeo Dubs. Romeo Dubs, not Dotson. Well, Christian okay. Watson is the higher. Uh, I confuse Dubs and Dotson. I think, at least their names are similar. 
Well, anyway, the, the point being, uh, this is one of those years where people were like, I don't want 22 picks. You know, I want 23 picks. And I don't know who these people are that are deciding which year is supposed to be better than the others. But let's not kid ourselves, people. The let's r- start deciding like years after instead <laughs> when you actually know what happened. Well, I just mean as far as dynasty or keeper or whatever, even redraft leagues. When we look at these receivers now that are coming out over the past five years and those classes, uh, not just receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. but receivers, there's more of them, right? There's more of them. There are. Bigger sample size. Um, We're seeing guys that are are more athletic, uh, making bigger plays and stretching the field longer and being faster and taller, uh, bigger than than the athletes in the past. And, And I think it's happening on a grander scale over the past five years than it has previously in perspective. Um, and certainly when we look back at those at those big classes from uh, 20, I think 21 was a really big class. Uh, or no, sorry, 2020. 20, yeah. Um, and 2019 maybe. But point is, these guys are, are really good. And, and I don't know who's telling us that like it's not this year, it's next year. But he's probably the one who wants all of your picks You're just going to take all the picks. Yeah. But yeah, in 2020, <laughs> we had uh, Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy. Yeah, that was good. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins, Henry Ruggs. So they're not all winners. Not so good. They're not all winners. <laughs> I mean, he was a fast receiver. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Okay, so now we're going to move on to Team Black. And um, that that's the uh, last group we're going to talk about. I lost my window. There it is. <laughs> so we're going to drink the stout this time. So finish your beer so you can get some of this. What I have here. That's going to be brewing, trouble. It's going to be hard for me to drink The Brewing this, Project. Drink this beer, Jay. Um. Is the Brewing Project the thing that we... Oh, no, that's in Wisconsin. Never mind. Um, the Brewing Project, the Crumbledinger Stout. Crumbledinger. Crumbledinger. Uh, six out of ten. Imperial Stout with cocoa nibs, peanut flour, pretzels, salted caramel, chocolate, and marshmallow flavoring. Oh, wow. I think that the peanut gallery might be interested in a little bit of this. <laughs> if anybody if anybody over there watching, and we have some, some people here watching... Uh, Live in our little house studio. Uh, grab a glass and, and we'll give you some. Oh, I hear feet going up the stairs. <laughs> it sounds like a really good beer, though. Yeah. Fill her up. So, yeah, as Jason said, this is the, uh, the last part of the four-part series that we started, uh, the game of ice and fire. I think we've done a great job. Plus, I would always recommend uh, going forward – that there be a drinking game as part of, of our podcast and uh, YouTube live. I think it just uh, it it just works. It puts a it puts a smile on a fellow, you know. Yeah, it puts a little pepper on it. Okay, we got so, we got a thumbs up from over there on the beer. Yeah, we're we're fitting or mm. maybe forcing our Game of Thrones House of the Dragon theme. Um, so we're gonna have a veteran represent our black side, Geno Smith. So. You're going to pick a veteran. I'm going to pick a veteran. Um, so Smith is playing the best football of his career, and it only took him eight seasons to get there. So Smith is like Damon Targaryen. He's just leaning against the wall, smirking, biding his time, daring someone to start him again. Did you know Geno Smith is 41 years old? I thought he was 83. <laughs> Did you know that Geno Smith's birthday is October 10th? So happy uh, birthday to Geno just on Monday. Um, thank you. Uh, so, Geno Smith, in his eight-year career, has never had consecutive games with two or more passing touchdowns until this year. 
over the last three games, he has two, two, and three passing touchdowns, and he has nine total for the season. His previous career high is 12 games, and that took him a full 16-game season to get to. So he's going to totally, you know, barring injury, blow away all of his career-high stats uh, this season. So he's leading the league in completion percentage, and perhaps even more unexpectedly, he's leading the league in quarterback rating. He is the QB7 on the season, and he is only rostered uh, before waivers went through in 51% of Flea Flicker leagues. I'm actually interested in knowing what percentage of leagues he's in now. He must be one of the more... um, well, certainly recently picked up, and, and Flea Flicker does... Uh, it's now uh, 66%. He's the fourth most added player. It does trend towards keeper in Dynasty Leagues. Yes, which is why it wasn't lower than 51. Yeah, yeah. If it was all single quarterback leagues, he would have been in the 30s probably. So, uh, what's going on? He's doing better than Brady. He's doing better than Herbert. He's doing better than Rodgers, Stafford, and Wentz. Uh, only barely better than Wentz on the last one. Um, so, really, that's just a statistical oddity. Um, with Carson Wentz actually playing well. Um, so regardless, Geno Smith is playing very well. The Seahawks would probably have a more impressive record if they weren't giving up the second most points in the league. The journeyman, as they say, has found the fountain of youth in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I wish I could have figured out one more last reference in there for Geno Smith. But what, what I think of Geno Smith is that they have um, so much talent at wide receiver. And we thought that maybe that talent would go to waste without Russell Wilson there. But it turns out that talented players are just talented, and they're going to do their thing. Um, and Geno Smith is was worthy of being an NFL starter, clearly. We all weren't sure about it, and maybe he was always in the wrong situation. But he was definitely worthy of it because he's playing very well this year. I don't think this is just a flash in the pan for him. I gotcha. But remember, Jason, uh, especially in playing in so many leagues as, as we do, sometimes uh, secrets are safer kept hidden. Some secrets are too dangerous to share, even with those you love and trust. Okay. Shall I drink for that one? Yes, it's a quote. Yes, I know. Yes. Are you going to tell me about the prince that was promised now? No, I already did that. But uh, I will say, keep in mind that that Are Gino, you going to confuse me about the, who the prince was promised? It, <laughs> and I'm going to draft all the wrong players now? I mean, it, we, we still don't know if it was Daenerys or John because technically in High Valerian, uh, the prince, uh, the word for prince doesn't necessarily... The word they use doesn't have a... Doesn't uh, have a, uh, a... A sex to it. Yeah. Well, that's very PC of them. Well, there we go. Did you watch this week? Yes, uh, but I don't, I don't okay. want to discuss it. No, no, I don't want to discuss... I just don't want to like spoil anything on accident. How could you do that? I don't know. I suppose it would be purposeful, wouldn't it? <laughs> Isn't that... Is that what you mean? I I like all of the Game of Thrones series and and the prequel. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to like the the show uh, Snow. Uh, it seems like it's sort of rubbing me the wrong way a little bit. But uh, um, I'm not excited about it. Yeah, we'll see. That said, uh, I was one of the first people that raised their hand and said, "No, there won't ever be another book by George R. R. Martin," uh, because which is why you were perfectly happy to uh, place that bet. All those years ago. <laughs> it will never have to be uh, You know what through. it reminds me of is like when you would offer to split a lottery ticket with me and I would say no. Hey, we won once. and then But but if I would say no and then it was a loser, I would feel like I won. We won like $1,000. I forgot to bring – I got some lottery tickets. I forgot to bring them tonight. I was going to scratch them off here. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Were you going to offer me to split them? Maybe. He just wants to scratch them off and win them. In front I want to make sure that you can help me read them. Well, maybe I'll bring them next week, and we can do them on the show. We can do a gambling-themed show where we scratch off tickets. That sounds stupid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
It's just a brainstorm here. It's just gonna Sometimes be a, it's just a brain it's shower. It's gonna be a bunch of vibration in the microphone. Yeah, not not ideal, my friend. Not ideal. <laughs> we don't have the right surface for that. Remember that Geno Smith is also the guy uh, in a game in November of 2019 that went out uh, to do a coin flip, and instead of calling heads or tails, called hails. <laughs> Is that better or worse than the time when the coin landed <laughs> vertically? Yeah, that and it was, was neither. That was the best. That was the best. If so, you watch enough football, you see a bunch of ridiculous coin flips, like the referee calling it heads when it's tails and things like that. So we don't want to end the show, but we're going to anyway. I have one more guy to go over. I would over. like to end the show. I'm, I'm pretty tired. Oh, okay. All right. All right. We got to get Jason to bed. Yes, please. Yeah. So uh, for, for Black Drink the Stout... Uh, the last guy I want to uh, touch on is Russell Wilson, who we also talked about um, uh, two weeks ago during our Player Trend show, and I'll get to that. Uh, he's a huge topic of conversation right now, though, in the fantasy football world. Uh, one of the cool things about the Sports Edge site, which was previously called Roto World, is now owned specifically by NBC. But I don't know if you noticed this. They changed some of their names back to Roto World. Uh, so That's it, a better name. <laughs> They uh, bought the name. You might as well use it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but but they have a cool thing where you go to uh, sportsedge.com uh, or however you access that site. I don't even know. I just look up Sports Edge. And, uh, I literally have my old Roto World links, and the bookmarks still say Roto World. I'm sure they 301 I'm redirect. Like, yeah, I'm just yeah. like, do you guys know Roto World? I mean NBC Sports Edge. Mm-hmm. Literally just like send someone the link today. Well, <laughs> it, it is a great site. So if you're introducing someone to uh, football and you want like up-to-the-minute news – they're just getting stuff from Twitter. Uh, going, I don't want to just uh, you know pass all of you on to NBC's to other, sports machine. They, they do different things than us. Well, no, we're not. We're not going to be. Uh, we're uh, not a machine. Setting our crew of twenty people on pulling all the stuff from Twitter. But what I'm saying is that can get you on the right path to knowing what's happening earlier. And yes, that's, that's great. Yes, I've always found that to be a great resource as far as up to the hour news. Maybe yeah. not up to the minute. Which you would have to get from Twitter directly. Yeah, I mean, I would I would encourage everyone to get beat reporters and uh, and national reporters and players all on their own Twitter uh, so that they can get those notifications as they actually come in. But this is the next best thing. Um, and the reason I mention it is because if you go to that Sports Edge or Roto World website, they they often have depending on the page you're on uh, and what sport you're on. Which, by the way, it they have. A all bunch, the sports? Yeah, all the sports. All the sports. Uh, they have a trending section, which is what players are being most clicked on uh, right now. And a lot of times that will lead you to some interesting information or news or just knowing what people in the fantasy world are interested in right now. So if you were to go there right now, for example, uh, assuming your internet is working on your laptop. Yes. Um, while I'm reading this, just take a look and see if you can find the trending section, which is probably in the NFL or NFL player news section. Would you like to know who's trending? Not yet. After I'm done. Okay. Uh, I'm just, uh, we could have a little discussion about what those players are. And that probably will, will be directly uh, mirroring um, like some of the things that are going on. Some of the things they that absolutely are, are currently going on. Absolutely. So uh, finishing up with Russell, uh, the contract he signed with the Broncos runs through 2028. It includes $165 million in guaranteed money. Now, we recently did a segment on player trends, like I just mentioned two weeks ago. Uh, that's through the first three weeks of the season. Because, of course, you have to have three weeks for, for it to trend. be a trend. That's right. I'm working on a working on a catchphrase there. I haven't gotten it yet. Okay, we'll work on it. <laughs> and I, 
I, I suggested during that segment the only thing that could save that offense would be to refocus the running game with your best running back, Javante Williams. Uh, getting Wilson back into a system that he excels in could jumpstart some success for those Broncos. He used to do that for Seattle. They were a run-first team. They were not putting plays in the shotgun every play. They were doing uh, play action uh, and the kinds of option plays that would give him the ability to Boot scramble legs. or throw it down the field. That's yeah. that's where Russell Wilson excelled. Uh, and they're not doing that in Denver. Now, with Javante Williams out for the rest of the year for, with a torn ACL, uh, the night is dark and full of terrors for Russell. Cheers. To Cheers that to that. Well done. I'm glad you out of nowhere. appreciated that. Mm. A little a little GOT reference. Uh, for Russell and his future in 2022. And Nathaniel Hackett can't even show up to press conferences on time to make excuses about the offense. The Broncos can't even... What's his excuse for not showing up on time? No excuses. Oh. No excuses. Okay. <laughs> the Broncos can't even score a single touchdown against the Indianapolis Colts, a team that has allowed 10 so far this season. And they didn't win the game, even though the Colts were without their best player, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure this is the end for Russell Wilson. After all, he's not... Uh, an incredibly old player. He still looks like he has some legs. Uh, but I don't see this story changing into a positive outlook until next year, Jason. So thoughts on Russell. And then if you could give us the list of trending players and we could just kind of uh, riff on that for a moment before before closing out and getting you to bed. I appreciate the um, <laughs> urgency there. So Russell, I don't know. Um, he did not play well last year. He is following that up this year. With uh, perhaps worse performance, I look forward to, to going over our player trends that that we did previously in a in a future show, maybe in a week or two. Yeah, uh, and we can follow up and see where they are now. I think Russell's. We're going to find that that trajectory has remained low. He is lower in completion percentage, touchdown percentage, higher in interception percentage, uh, lower in average uh, yard per attempt. Um, he is just not that good. He already has been sacked. 16 times this year in five games. That is almost half of what he had last year. Um, so, yeah. What do I think about Russell Wilson? Not much anymore because don't, I don't have him on any teams. Don't start him. Don't and there's roster There's no him. reason yeah. to, like, think about him if he's not playing well and he's not on my teams. Fair. Uh, so, you want to know about trending players. Well, they do tell a bit of a story. Number one, James Conner. Number three, Eno Benjamin. Yeah, sure. There we go. They, they're, they're linked like that. Uh, you mentioned uh, one of the best players on a team being out. Jonathan Taylor is number two. Um, but here's one I don't know yet. Why is Harrison Butker number four? Mr. Butker? Yeah. Wasn't he just out? Uh, and uh, was Matt Amendola in, I think is his name? So, oh, is that right? Uh, let me check. Uh, well, I'm pulling up his player page on NBC Sports. Edge. Yeah, you're closer to the uh, information. Um, he returned to practice on Wednesday. He's been out since suffering an ankle injury in week one. So um, it appears that he may be coming back then. So Matt Amendola was released. Matthew Wright expected to fill in uh, week five. And yeah. then I'm assuming he did. And then they said Butker is going to come back. So basically behind Butker is a string of nobody kickers. And and uh, the reason he's uh, so highly searched is probably because a lot of people are... Good are kicker on a great offense. ...are looking to grab him. And I bet you, because he's been out for a couple of weeks and because there's no reason for people to have the kickers still on their roster, especially for a Butker, uh, that's really reserved to, like, a Justin Tucker, that Harrison Butker is probably available in, like, 40% of your leagues. 38% uh, of leagues in Flea Flicker. I was close. You were very close. <laughs> Number five trending player, Skylar Thompson, will be starting this week for... The Dolphins. That's right. 
It's not it's not a good look. It's not a good look for the Dolphins, no. <laughs> Taysom Hill, tight end, comma quarterback, trending at number six. Keenan Allen trending at number seven. He's still day to day. His blurb is actually right next to the trending players. Uh, very convenient. But you see why that's such a useful thing to look at. Absolutely. Devontae Adams. Why is Devontae Adams trending, Dave? Uh, well, you know what's funny? Was he charged with anything lately? Is <laughs> have, have you paid attention to this story? Yeah, I did not watch the game on Monday, but I like I saw today a headline. So, so the story is that Devontae Adams just shoved someone out of the way to go back into the locker room. Yeah. Well, I saw a couple angles of the actual thing, and this guy, this camera guy, uh, was like running without looking and he was right in front of the locker room and he like crashed into Devontae Adams. Oh, he okay. like he like ran right in front of him. And so he like Devontae Adams was probably upset and he just kind of like like he was like, Get out of my way. Yeah. And he's probably about fourteen thousand times bigger than this cameraman. <laughs> so I'm Likely. not I'm not giving him a pass. Likely. But I will say this. Go look at the other camera angles. This guy seriously did Is like, there a camera angle from the cameraman that got pushed over? No. He was Damn not. It. But he was like running, like without looking at anything, while Devante was also moving. So it was like a bad car accident. Okay. So this is much more reasonable. Sure. It was an involuntary. That said, assault. When you look at the when you look at the footage, it, it, it clearly the bigger guy pushes the smaller guy down, <laughs> and then doesn't do anything to help him. Just walks. Just keeps right going. So that's pretty rough. Sure. <laughs> uh, rounding out our top ten, Chris Olave. Um. Just great rookie. Yep. Yep. And then T. Higgins, who um, has been playing well, but zero, zero points, points last week. Yeah. Well, he yeah. went he went out of the game after I think a couple of series with uh, some kind of an injury. Let's see what they say about one T. Higgins. And poor Bengals. I mean, like they're they're he did not practice on Wednesday. They're coaching day to day with a sprained ankle. Their coaching is just not doing them any favors. They're a talented team. According that to is, Zach, with a C and no K. Not really doing very well. Not, not doing nearly as good as they should uh, offensively. And uh, don't know if that's a problem with Burrow or if it's a problem with the offensive coordinator or what. But uh, To quote uh, Roto World Player News as it's tagged now, oh, Higgins see? is no stranger to playing through injuries. They're playing our game too. We'll drink to them and thank them for all the work that they do in keeping us up to date on player news. Yep. Yep, you got it. Well, it was a lot of fun tonight, Jason. And, uh, I concur, Dave. I look forward to next Wednesday. And if anybody has any questions uh, that they want to ask us between now and uh, Thursday Night Football. Can I give you a really quick question? Give me your first impression. Sure. Should someone hold on to Fryermuth to start, or should they pick up another tight end this week to start? Fryermuth doesn't have a big history of, of sitting out for more than one game, but he just had a concussion, and based on the league concussion rules, I would make sure that you have another option. All right. I mean, I, I think the only thing that the, the league concussion rules did that changed is that now if there's ataxia uh, symptoms on the field, they are uh, they are definitely taking the player taking out. them out instead of before when they could technically go through the concussion readiness test. Okay. Um, but I've seen nothing that says that Friermuth will absolutely play. So. All right. Well, thanks uh, for that last little bit. Yep, we'll thanks see you the, guys. Thanks for the great music you provide every week for the show. We'll see you guys all next week. Thanks, everybody. Drink five. <laughs>